Hello, my name is Hayley Morris and this is Conversation Time. Welcome back to Conversation Time. I hope you are all doing really, really well and having wonderful days so far. I am really excited to introduce today's episode to you. It's a conversation that I had a couple of weeks ago. It was over the bank holiday weekend and I've only just edited it before this went out. So it was really nice to listen to this conversation again after a few weeks. Today I am joined by Joel Wood. So Joel Wood is the other half of the YouTube duo Joel and Leah. You may remember Leah from a few episodes ago. So this is the other half of the YouTube duo Joel Wood. You can find him on Instagram Joel Wood. You can also find him on YouTube Joel Wood and I would 10 out of 10 recommend him to a friend. He is absolutely incredible. So I actually met Joel through YouTube years ago back when we hadn't met face to face. This was all virtual because you know we live in the 21st century now and then I only actually met him in person a few years ago at the YouTube space in London and I feel like we just instantly connected. He's someone that when you're a around him, even if you're having a serious, in-depth conversation, there's such an element of silliness and happiness to it, if that makes sense. I just feel like he always brings you up. Your mood is always going to be very high when you're around Joel, because he's just this very positive person that is so lovely to be around. I just, I, I don't think I could be in a bad mood around Joel. And I know I say silly, but I feel like that's one of my favorite moods. You know, when you're just happy, you can have any conversation, and you're always going to end up laughing in some way. That's that's how I see Joel. He's just joyous and happy. I don't know. It's so hard to describe this, this lovely human. I do have to put out a little bit of a disclaimer for today's episode. We do have some in-depth conversations. There's some conversation about dogs. There's some conversation about money, about our lives. And then we do speak about eating disorders. So if this is something that is triggering to you or you are sensitive to this subject, I just want to put this out as a disclaimer now that this episode may not be for you. It does start around the 20 minute mark. So if you wanted to listen to the beginning and then just shut off at 20 minutes, that's absolutely fine. I would highly recommend that if you are sensitive to this topic. But without further ado, I would like to introduce you to a conversation with Joel Wood. I'm just walking up. Natural. So au natural. So How are you? I'm good, thanks. I can't believe you don't know what web what stuff is. I honestly, when you said that, I was like, what is this? I don't understand. So okay, so if you just Google web WhatsApp or WhatsApp web, yeah. you can literally scan the barcode with your phone and then WhatsApp comes up on your desktop. So then if you're like sending links and things, you don't have to like copy and paste. Like I could if you sent me a Zoom link, then I yeah. could just click it on WhatsApp web and then it's on my computer. Oh my god, that's insane. It's amazing, isn't it? I changed my life today, so... Well, you're welcome. I'm going to be sorting that out today at some point, and then you're just going to be getting loads of messages from me sending you loads of links. Yeah, you're welcome. lovely. <laughs> I'll enjoy that. <laughs> Thanks and... for having me on here. I, I've been, like, been listening to all of them, and I'm like, I love that they're all so different, because so mm. often like podcasts are just kind of like all based around the same thing, and you yeah. know, they can still be This is like very varied. I feel like mine always go the same way, though. <laughs> Like when I edit them, I'm like, I'm sure I've said that before in the last one, <laughs> literally constantly repeating myself. But I feel like, I guess that's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Especially mm. if you've got shared experiences with the people you're interviewing. So it, it yeah, just exactly. will happen naturally. So what have you been up to recently? Oh. <sighs> 
what have I been up to? Um, not a lot really. Just literally work starting to pick up a bit more now, mm-hmm. like with like YouTube and stuff. Now I can actually do things with Leah. So um, yeah, just busy doing that. Nothing of note really. Just lots mm-hmm. of dog walks, lots of filming, editing. Like the voice bites has literally taken over. So sort of like doing lots of editing, but mm-hmm. yeah, just oh, same nice. old. Nothing interesting. Are you down at your parents at the moment, or are you yours? Mm. Yeah, I came down yesterday for my, it's my dad's birthday tomorrow, but we celebrated oh, yesterday. Oh, um, best. I'm going to go back to London tonight. Have you got um, Ava with you? Yeah, yeah, just oh. got back from a dog walk. Yeah. She's not, she's had loads of um, problems, hasn't she, bless her? Oh my gosh, she's costing a fortune. Oh. It's so bad. Yeah, she's had diarrhea twice, a sore throat, oh, yeah. and then a grass seed in her ear, which cost hundreds of pounds to get her like knocked yeah. out and they took it out so yeah she's just a drain at the moment but i did not okay. know that that grass root was a thing no it called me grass seed or grass root was it called grass mm. seed but it's grass like seed. not like a seed seed like you know the ones that look like wheat where they've got like yeah. whiskers on it yeah and like it just got wedged in her ear and like how on earth did that get in your ear no idea but apparently it's very common yeah because i saw you'd put it on instagram and then i googled it because i was like i don't think i've ever because we when we take ella on some walks there's really high grass and it's all like farmer fields and stuff like that and i was thinking Mm. i can't believe we've never had that problem yeah i think when they say it's really common i think it i'm hoping anyway it happens to lots of dogs but really it's a once in a lifetime like thing for a dog if it does get it yeah yeah because it's like and we were like so how can we prevent this from happening they were like you can't and i was like great so uh start savings account um, now then shall i (laughs) i know literally oh my goodness so i'm claiming back on insurance so hopefully Mm. that'll come through soon but um still have to pay some of it but yeah, yeah it's annoying and if it doesn't go in their ears it can go in their nose under their eyelids in their paws like apparently it's a real problem in summer but oh so sad it is but yeah, you've educated me again because I did not know before that that was a thing, a thing at all. Very strange. I think spaniels as well, with their floppy ears, they are yeah. more susceptible to it for some reason. Was she in loads of pain with it? Yeah, she kept like shaking her head and squealing and stuff. So yeah, that, mm. it was on a Sunday and they were like, so it's going to be a minimum, like just to come in on Sunday to the emergency vets, it's £80. Um, or you could leave it till tomorrow and you won't have to pay the £80. And I was like, yeah, but she's like in pain. So obviously <laughs> I'm, I'm coming in. Like, exactly yeah and then literally when they presented me with the bill i was like you know you know how awkward it is when something's really expensive like mm-hmm. in a shop or something and they're like it's one thousand pounds you pretend like it's reasonable it's You're fine. Like, oh, okay. yeah that's reasonable i'm always that person because i don't want someone to be like oh you're poor yeah um, <laughs> and um but with this like i was so shocked i told lucy i was like oh prepare ourselves like it's probably gonna be like 100 or 200 pounds they brought the bill out it was like 650 pounds and apparently my face was just like and lucy was like i've never seen you like lost for words and the vet was like i'm so sorry this is the worst part of my job telling people how much it costs and i was like okay (laughs) so i just had to pay it because there's no other alternative so that's why you should always get pet insurance yeah oh my god i never i think my cousin when we were in lockdown with her her she's got a puggle and she had problems with a limp and something else and she took her over obviously in lockdown she was like oh, i really need to take her to the vet she can't walk and they were like oh you're just gonna have to self-assess and they charged them like 100 quid and i was like oh that seems fair so you basically <laughs> looked at your own dog and yeah. you know done everything for them while they were on the phone <laughs> oh and all they've gosh. done is go can she move her leg backward and forward can you like move it and the joint stuff like literally so standard and then she's gone, yep, yeah, but she looks like she's in pain when I do this. And they've gone, okay, cool. Um, 
so the bill's 100 pound and she's like what the hell i've literally just been a vet yeah literally (laughs) oh my gosh there's there's maybe a gap in the market for like a vet youtuber that can do these things yeah if your dog shows these symptoms this is what to do so if you're listening and you are into that sort of thing where if you have the knowledge and the experience and definitely a degree yeah (laughs) on youtube do it (laughs) make a fortune you're not tempted to get one then Oh, we're so tempted. We uh, we know what dog we want. We know what we want to call her. But we're both still in that situation where we're like, are we going to be going back to America at any mm. point? Like, what's our... We need, like, a bit of a five-year plan to know if we can get a dog because that yeah. five-year plan will eventually lead on to, you know, we're staying in this place or we're staying there. But hopefully, I mean, the whole America situation is ridiculous. Mm. It's just so annoying. You're just... I bet you're gagging to get back. I feel like now that's all happened, all I want to do is travel. Really? Yeah, which is so typical. <laughs> like, you You're want what you can't t- have. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like you are that personality type where you love to explore and travel. I'm mm. the complete opposite to the extent where I have to be, like, dragged to another country to be like, <laughs> go have fun. And then when I'm there, I have fun. But, like, I'm so bad. I'm like, no, I just want to stay in England. Yeah, I'm just going to stay here and be fine. I'm going to stay here. I'm I'm supposed to be going, well, Leah's going to Greece next week and um, she invited me and Christy to go with her and Christy's going and I chickened out. I was like, no, sorry, I don't feel safe going. Which is weird because like I feel safe going to the gym and like just going out and about and seeing friends and being in a pub and being in a restaurant. But for me, flying is like, no, I do do not want to sit in a tube in the air with all these people. Mm. um so it's yeah i guess everyone has their own boundaries but i do agree with that though me and chris were gonna go to um mykonos and then both were like no i don't think we want to and i'm just like i'd love to go on holiday i'd love to have some sun and lay by pool but i'm also just like i can do without that for a year like Mm. i can cope like i'm not i don't need to go anywhere and i feel like as soon as you start telling yourself like i need to you're like actually no i don't like no it's a privilege to be able to go mm-hmm. on holiday because lots of people can't afford that even yeah so um i've just been like you know what it's fine i'll just go abroad not abroad i'll go away <laughs> somewhere in the uk mm-hmm. um so that's what i'm doing instead rather than risking flying yeah um, and so many lovely yeah. places to go in england yeah definitely yeah well it's a great opportunity now to mm. travel around the uk i think i love looking on right move at properties for sale on the isle of wight because mm. they're a lot cheaper than what you yeah. get on the mainland in the uk so it's um yeah it's there's some really nice places there's some gorgeous places and as well like I, chris and i were both talking about potentially getting a holiday home here to rent out because the house yeah. next door to us oh my god there it's i think it's a seven bedroom house and they rent it out for about two thousand pound a week and i'm like you are making pee yeah. <laughs> like oh Literally. my god yeah absolutely rolling in it yeah maybe that's very wise just yeah. to invest some and it's local to where your family are which is mm. great which means you can pop and use it whenever you're not renting yeah. it out but oh, business yeah. woman, yeah. <laughs> business woman <laughs> over here <laughs> yeah. sorry don't don't mind me i'm just a business woman <laughs> <laughs> business woman over here just being an entrepreneur <laughs> entrepreneur that's me <laughs> <laughs> yeah no maybe one day <laughs> yeah that'd yeah, be lovely yeah just plan. need a deposit first don't we yeah 
Absolutely. Mm. We're trying to buy our own house at the moment. That's the first priority. Gosh, yeah, that's hard enough. Mm, getting on that ladder. Yeah, scary. Yeah, it's just adult decisions. I've been, my tenancy comes to an end in April and mm-hmm. I feel the pressure to like buy somewhere, either like move out of London and get somewhere cheaper and rent it out or do it up mm-hmm. or buy with a friend of mine in London mm-hmm. um, and live there. And I'm like, oh, it was so much easier when it was just like, oh, I know I've got to find another place to rent. Yeah. Even as a waste of money, I was like, mindset wise, it's easier. Whereas now it scares me to think about mortgages, banks, mm-hmm. advisors, like all these things. I'm like, I don't know, I'm too young for this. I'm, not, oh, I'm nearly 30. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I'm so young. I've, I've I'm literally, so young. I'm in that mind frame that I'm so young still. But yeah, yeah. Like, I think, I don't know what it is. I don't know when it changes where you're suddenly like, I've always been so content renting, like no yeah. drama whatsoever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll mm-hmm. rent. And I don't really mind what the price is as long as it's not over the yeah. top. Yeah. Um, I just want somewhere nice to live. And then suddenly yeah. something switched. And I was like, no, I need my own house. I can't be paying into someone else's pocket anymore. And yeah. that's why right now I'm living with my mum. Because I'm, like, I'm not, mm. I'm not going to rent no. anywhere. But do you think you'll stay? Obviously, you've just said you're not sure what you'll do. But do you reckon you'll stay in central or not central, but in London? Or do you think mm. I feel like loads of people right now are buying houses in like Surrey no. or on the outskirts? I mean, I'd, I'd happily move to like the outskirts. So I've looked at like Kingston and Richmond. And I mean, they're still so expensive, but they're mm. a bit cheaper than where I am now. Um, and I'd happily do that. But I've, I've thought like, I'd love to have a property in the countryside and more space for my dog. And I love being by myself. So part of me is like, oh, moving somewhere by myself. I'd love the serenity and the peace of yeah. it. But in reality, when I think about it, I'm like, no, I couldn't do that because I don't have a normal nine to five. I mean, I know lots of people work from home at the moment anyway, mm. but I don't have colleagues really. And so I would just struggle to be by myself. I'd move in and be like, okay, what now? I'd be really yeah. bored and lonely. So I don't think I could move too far out. I think I do need the buzz of the city. But the plan in my head, if I don't buy with my housemate, would be to buy somewhere near where my parents live, which is a bit cheaper, well, quite a lot yeah. cheaper. I could probably probably afford to buy a slightly rundown two bed flat and I mm-hmm. might do it up and sell it on just to start that ball rolling of trying to make some money off of the internet like mm-hmm. sorry make some money that isn't from the internet yeah um yeah. just to something a bit more stable but yeah I think I would probably now I've lived in London for how many years nine years I need mm-hmm. to like stay here now I'm, I'm too far in unless I had a partner I think if I had a partner and I was buying with them I'd happily move out of the country yeah. Out of the country, <laughs> out of the, uh, out of the city. Else, <laughs> <laughs> England's out not for me city. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I want to live. Yeah, so I don't really know. It's adult decisions. I know. I feel like at school as well, no one ever teaches you any of this stuff. And you're never, I think you go through life just worrying about so many other things and then it, it comes down to this and I honestly when I look at buying somewhere there's so mm. many things you have to think about and my head just feels like oh, I can't do this anymore yeah. I'm like why one why was I not taught how to I guess save money from a young age like I've saved money um later in life but when I was younger I absolutely hate myself for spending so much yeah. money on clothes so much money yeah. on food alcohol I looked yeah. at how much money I spent on alcohol and I was like oh my god my heart hurts I was like that is literally literally been pissed away it's, it's horrible isn't it I found that as soon as I started earning a decent amount of money because mm-hmm. I for years was struggling for money working like not for not very much money 30 pounds pounds a shift at the theatre and stuff like that as soon as I started earning more I spent so much Mm. and I'm like in that full year I spent thousands on things that I didn't need and I'm like Joel you could have literally put that in a savings account or invested it if only we could turn turn back time (laughs) but yeah 
Yeah, no, honestly, I would go back to my 16-year-old self and be like, you're an idiot, just yeah. put that money away. I had a savings account mm-hmm. as well. I think my dad and my grandma set up for me. And when I left uni, I was like, can I have that money? And they were like, it's not really for you now. And I was like, well, can I have it? And my family have always been like, you make a mistake and it's your, you've made that mistake. Mm. It's on you. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life. Yeah. And so I spent the money. And now I'm like, you <sighs> idiot. I know, it's so sad. But again, I blame the schools. Let's all blame the schools because they should be teaching us these things like why do i have to learn about pythagoras theorem i'm all for learning maths i know we Mm -hmm. use maths every day but not pythagoras theorem like teach us about taxes teach us about savings accounts and interest rates and mortgages and things that we actually need to know about how to become an arbon representative or an avon lady to avoid the (laughs) mlm Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, do you uh, ever get those through your inbox? Oh my gosh, all the time. Like, hey, Han, I've got a really cool business opportunity for you. I'm like, no, I do not want to be a part of a pyramid scheme. I'm no. sorry. Oh, I. It really bothers me. I get them almost every single day in my request box, and it's like, hi, Han, how are you? Really love your Instagram feed. Um, and then they'll like compliment certain things, so I know that they've looked yeah. at my Instagram page. And then it will be mm. like, so me and my friend, and it will be like two people in the group chat. Me and my friend have this really cool business right now, and I'll be like, oh, delete. No, I'm not getting involved in this. <laughs> It's awful, but isn't there a little part of you that goes, hang on, what if this is a genuine like business yeah. opportunity? <laughs> what if I could actually make so much money and become an entrepreneur? Exactly. And yeah. then you're like, no, no, no that's not Don't what get sucked in. No. <laughs> Did you watch that um, documentary about it on the BBC? No. Oh my God, it was amazing. Was it like an expose on these, yeah. these schemes? So they like went right to the root. And um, in America, wow. obviously, they they do all those. Well, they do it in the UK as well, actually, where mm. they um, do those big, it's like big meetups and they have the yeah. person on stage and who is seen as like, you worship them and it's very yeah. bizarre. It's Quite, like it's, a cult. It is. And I find it quite sad because they prey on people who don't mm. have much or that yeah. are really struggling. Like they always go for single mums, which I just think, what are you doing? Like they're having a yeah. hard time as it is. Don't make them think that they need to buy all these things. It's so sad. It's sad. Because I'm sure some people do make money from it, but you have to think like the majority of them do not make mm. that money. So even if you are one of those people who's been successful with being one of these representatives, like there are like probably 10 times the amount of mm. people that haven't and they've lost money doing it so it's yeah i guess it works for some people but yeah yeah it's not Not for me me. no (laughs) me neither we're not doing it we're not doing it sorry we're successful outside of this ish (laughs) definitely not (laughs) no (laughs) you are but i'm not so much i would like a white mercedes please um (laughs) well don't they give away white mercedes arbon or something oh do they yeah, I don't actually want one, just to clarify. Oh, you can, you're like, don't actually <laughs> need one that. one of the rewards, yeah. I um, actually was meaning to talk to you about Orange Theory. Ask me, ask me anything. Yeah, so I obviously, like, when I was in America, I was asking about Orange Theory, and then COVID happened, so I didn't actually ever get to go, but how has that been? Is that what you, like, had put down your, your weight loss and everything to, Orange Theory? Um, There's two main things. So mm. I would say the main thing is weight lifting that I yeah. have have to like shout out to the guy on instagram that i reached out to years ago muscle fitness uk his name's Mm. dan and i was like i need to like get in shape can you help me and he was like right he put together a plan of like lifting weights 
um, which I've never done before. And so I would say that has been like really life changing. But Orange Theory for me has been equally as important because of the cardio aspect. Mm -hmm. And I've always hated cardio. I hate running. I hate rowing. I hate anything that makes you out of breath. Also because I have asthma. So it's like doubly just feels like horrendous. Uh, But Orange Theory has had me like completely addicted to like hit classes and um talking of cults like we're talking earlier about cults orange theory is definitely a cult but in a good way yeah um everyone who does it is like a diehard fan Um, i feel like that's that's the same with crossfit though mm, yeah like i I feel like they all are i've watched documentaries about it like the woman who started orange theory and it's all about i can't remember what they call it something about fan culture and they attribute the success of orange theory to like the raving diehard fans of the Mm -hmm. workouts so i think anything as long as you've designed it and packaged it in a certain way and you've converted like people into diehard fans like that's where things rocket and like Mm. boost and that's what orange theory have done crossfit have done everything yeah i think orange theory appeals to me more than crossfit but i think with fitness i like from my personal experience i used to really struggle with finding something i enjoyed because when you just go to the gym I'm always like, I'm one of those people that I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'll like yeah. find stuff on Instagram to do in the gym. And I always feel a bit self-conscious. And then I start getting into spin and oh my God, that is like, that's my thing. And you know, when yeah. you like find something and then you're like, I'm going now because I just really enjoy this and I'm like yeah. getting really fit out of it. But I don't know, where, where did it all start for you? Like where did your fitness journey start and like what made you go down that route? So I think it started for me in... September 2017 because it was on the day after my birthday um, and I weighed myself and I was the heaviest I've ever been and uh, just to put this in well, I should probably start by saying as well because I feel sometimes nervous talking about my weight loss journey because it I know it can trigger a lot of people yeah. especially with the body positive movement which I fully support but I've had some backlash before of people being like you shouldn't have to lose weight stop talking about losing weight as if that's like the goal and, and I'm like no, no no it's just my experience and I mm-hmm. wanted to do it so I should probably just say when I'm talking about all of this, I don't like people listening. If you're not interested in that and you, I'm not saying you need to, or you should, it's just all my own experience. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my little warning. Um, <laughs> but before that I had, um, yeah, my weight had always sort of yo-yoed, been up and down. I was always sort of skinny as a child. Um, but I think as I got bullied at school, I sort of turned to cakes, which I think lots of people do. Mm. Um, and I just would eat my feelings and things like that. Um, so it was always up and down. Um, and then I lost loads of weight and sort of crashed probably in about 2012 to 2013. And I was so skinny and I'd lost the weight in the most unhealthy way possible. Um, I actually, I've never actually spoken publicly about it before, but I, I suffered with bulimia for about six months where I just eat as much food as possible and then forced myself to throw it up and um I got the results that I wanted I like lost all the weight that I ever needed to lose in my mind um but in the most unhealthy way ever and um eventually I sought help for that and I eventually stopped doing that making myself sick but I hadn't addressed the binge eating Mm -hmm. so from that point from about 2012 to 2017 for five years I just kept gaining weight until yeah on my birthday in 2017 I got on the scales and I was like I do not like who I am I don't like who I've become I've got lots of health issues starting to come up as well um and I was like I just need to make a change I just started very small with small changes because I before that I tried everything under the sun so I was like Mm -hmm. 
nothing sticks. So I was like, you know what? Let's take the pressure off. I'm not going to lose weight in eight weeks. I'm not going to lose weight in 12 weeks or before Christmas. Like it's going to take me two years to lose mm-hmm. this weight. I don't know why two years stuck in my head, but I was like, you know what? It would just chill me out a bit. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I did. And I gradually changed my diet. Like you, I started going to the gym and didn't know what I was doing. I just got on the treadmill, maybe the cross trainer, mm-hmm. and then maybe one of those machines that I don't know how it works, but I yeah, just sort of just there, do the random. Your arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is doing something. This is, this is fine. And then, as I said, I contacted uh, sort of an online coach because I didn't want a PT because I was too embarrassed. I was like, mm-hmm. I'd be mortified if I was, someone was coaching me in the gym. Yeah. Um, so I found an online coach who put together a program for me and, um, that was kind of where it started. And then gradually I, I added things in like going to orange theory and restricting my calories a little bit, which yeah. again, lots of people have issues with that. But for me, that was important as someone who binge ate, I had to restrict my calories cause it wasn't healthy for me. So yeah, that's how it started. Do you know what I find really weird? We've had a very similar experience there because when I was younger, I actually don't know when it started, but I had bulimia for four years and I don't ever speak to anyone about that online. Like close friends know about it and then my family now know but I kept mm. it such a secret you wouldn't even have looked at me and known that I had it no. and it's yeah. so I like the more I've spoken to other people about this kind of thing the more I realize it's so common like yeah. so many people have eating disorders and like when I had it I had it as I said about four years and it started off with me restricting eating and then mm. it went on to me you know binging and then purging and because I didn't look what I would define as like anorexic or like Mm. I had an eating disorder I didn't think I had an eating disorder I thought it was totally normal I was like oh it's really normal that I'm doing this and I because you you look healthy yeah and I would literally be like to the point I'd I'd eat low I'd go to the shop purposely to eat loads and loads and then I'd go home and get rid of it all and then I was like oh my god I I was so so thinking this was normal and then mm. there's one day it turned around, I got a um, jaw problem called TMJ, where my jaw just locked yeah. loads. And I, mm. every time I ate, it would crack and it, it was awful. And I was like, okay, mm. you know, this is, an, this is a problem now. I really need to address mm. that. And then the same as you, I just started binging and I didn't do the, the purging. And yeah. then I put on weight and was like, oh, I was like, hang on a minute. I've got some deep rooted problems here that mm. I'm not addressing. And then I did seek help, but I didn't get it because I was told by the doctors that I didn't have an eating disorder because I didn't look like I did, um, which was really bad. But I then like just did myself, you know, a favor and was like, I just need to, I journaled a lot through that time. I just like mm. realized for my own mental health, I needed to address it in any other way, um, which yeah. I did. And then, yeah, I got into fitness and did it in the right way. I wasn't ever doing it to lose weight. I was always just doing it to feel better in my body like I think that's the important thing with like a dog needs exercise we also need exercise and sometimes we forget that and the way it makes you feel and I know there's a lot of people that think people that work out every day or five days a week it's unhealthy but I personally think that working out either every Mm. day even just going for a 30 minute walk every day it's just so it really does help your mental health and it is so good for you and I it is I think that you're right that is the key finding something that you enjoy because I Mm. also find that now that both of us are in good shape we're like Mm. like cardiovascularly yeah that's a hard say cardiovascularly uh, <laughs> but um people go oh it's easy for you because you enjoy it like you love working out and i'm like no i like i do now for the benefits mm-hmm. that it gives me but i hated all forms of cardio yeah. and there are things i still don't do because i hate i hate running outdoors i hate like rowing mm-hmm. i hate like certain things but that's i found something orange theory which 
I absolutely love. And it's like, I think people just need to find something that they really enjoy. Even if, mm. like you said, that's going for a walk. I find walking has been the best cardio for me. Yeah. Like I go on walks all the time. It's such an easy way to burn some calories. Um, Isn't it? Yeah. It's you great just, just to just top up your exercise. Yeah. yeah. I always just put a podcast on, you know, oh. conversation time. <laughs> um, and I just take myself on a nice long walk. And if it's a long podcast then you know I've been out for like an hour and a half and I'll come back and be like well it didn't even feel like you know I don't see it as exercise I just see it as it's a nice way to clear your head or you know get out the house especially Mm. in like the period we've just been in and when I'm doing it I don't feel like oh I just can't be bothered to do this I enjoy it and I think like I personally think in an environment where you're obviously it's not really a thing right now but if you can go to a class when there's other people Mm. that are like you or you know, I don't know. I've, I enjoyed spin so much because I enjoyed the element of being in this room and there's like music pumping, everyone's happy. There's like lights on and I'm like, you know, it just feels really, it feels fun. It doesn't feel like you're there being tortured. You just, you feel like you're having a good time and you're, you're coming out buzzing. Well, that's what, yeah, exactly. I, I've struggled in lockdown to, um, work out from home. Like I, I've tried lots of different home workouts and I did do a few, but like you like I need to be in an environment like whether it was in the gym and just put my music in I'm in the zone got all the equipment Mm -hmm. I need all the classes and seeing all the other people there being shouted at by one of the trainers like pumping music everything Mm -hmm. like I need that as soon as I step through the door I'm like right someone's going to take me through a workout I can switch my brain a bit I'm just like tell me what to do and I'll do it and um but yeah I I went through a bit of a crisis in lockdown so I was like I've turned into this you know slightly fitness person now that people Mm. sort of might see me as because I've lost quite a lot of weight and built a little bit of muscle and I kind of lost all of that identity because I was like but I'm not really working out at home. I'm being yeah. lazy. I don't want to do it. I gained lots of weight. And, um, but I'm like, you know what? It's because I don't enjoy working out by myself. I enjoy working out in a group setting. And like we've said, if you find something that you enjoy, then you'll stick to it longer. So yeah. I think that's what I had found with class-based stuff. It's now it's back. It's weird. great. Yeah. I, yeah. I, in lockdown at the beginning, I was really good. I was like, oh, I'm going to do at-home workouts every day. And I was like, I'm just going to use this time to do loads of workouts and get my cardio back up because when I was at Disney mm. I didn't work out every day but you when you're walking around those parks yeah. you're doing about 20,000 steps a day without even noticing so I was yeah. like it's not like I needed to be working out but my cardio levels I remember Chris and I went oh, I don't know where we were but we went up a flight of steps and oh my god we got to the top and I was like okay <laughs> so i was like right i'm gonna use lockdown in in uh, america i'm gonna do um a hit class every day so my friend was doing an an instagram live so i started doing those and then when we found out we were coming home i kind of got into that bit you know like a I felt sorry for myself and I was like, no, I'm mm. not going to do it. I'm just going to wallow in self-pity. And mm. then when we quarantined for two weeks, that's when we both were like, right, let's work out every day. But because we were doing just random workouts on YouTube, both of us mm. were just like, if it was a really hard part and I was struggling, I didn't have the motivation to push through it like I normally would in a class. I was like, yeah. nah, no one's here to tell me that if I don't do this is you know they're not yeah. gonna go come on no one's encouraging me i was like well i don't want to do this mountain climber so i'm just gonna sit out and then yeah. i got worse and worse and i was like I just i need to be back at spin i was like that's the only thing i enjoy mm-hmm. and yeah it's just it's weird when you you realize like okay i'm just a, a human being that has to have some sort of structure or someone Definitely. there to encourage me I know. well i think when i think about like the whole being kind to yourself and people disagree sometimes with some of the things we're saying being like you shouldn't like 
restrict your calories or you shouldn't need to lose weight or do any of these things. I also just think my version of self-love is by like during lockdown saying, you know what? I do really enjoy doing classes and I am motivated by being in that setting and I'm not motivated by myself and that's okay. Cause before I'd look at people and be like, Oh my gosh, they're so motivated working out from home and I'd feel so guilty. And I'd be like, I'm, yeah. I'm fat, I'm lazy because I, I can't work out from home. And I desperately tried to do what they were doing, but failing because like you, I'd lacked the motivation. Yeah. But I think, but just by being kind to myself and going, no, it's okay that you are motivated by being in a gym setting yeah. or being in a class setting. That is just who I am. I'm not somehow deficient because I'm not motivated working out in my living room. Like mm. that's fine. And so I think I agree with lots of the body positive movement. Um, but my version of like looking after myself and being kind to myself might look a little bit different. It's just by not shaming myself or guilt tripping myself into doing something. Yeah, that is the importance of it. I think this whole body positivity movement, I think everyone always thinks that it has to look the same for everyone. But mm. it's so about your own mental health and your own mental wellness. Yeah. Like for me... I know how I feel good in my own body. And I know that I, I'm not one of those people that like still right now, I'm not one of those people that works out really hard every day. I'll do, like I said, I'll do the walks at the moment because I can't go to a spin class. So I'll do walks mm. or I'll do whatever that day feels good for me, whether that's yoga or a walk or whatever. And yeah. it is just all about you as a person. Like for mm. some, someone it might go, you know, people putting up pictures of them sitting down, you can see the rolls, you can see, okay, in this picture, this person's pushing their stomach forward and that's why they look like they've got a flatter stomach and it's, mm -hmm. you know, you should be okay with how your body looks. But I also think it's so important just to feel good in your own body, however that is for you. And you shouldn't yeah. feel ashamed for feeling oh, like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't well, think anyone should shame yeah, anyone. Definitely, because if you feel great and you are a little bit overweight, you've got some roles, you've all these things and you feel fantastic, I think that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I, I wish I felt like that when I was really overweight, but I didn't. It really, mm. really got me down. And also, as I said, I had some health issues because of my eating plus the whole bulimia thing. So I was like, I know this isn't healthy for, healthy for me. It might be healthy for other people. Yeah. But um. So I think that's the hard point, hard part of it is when you now post something about, look what I've done. This is what I've done. It motivates lots of people. I have mm -hmm. loads of messages from people saying, how did you do it? And like, I want to do the same or I'm on my own fitness journey. Um, but then it really does get to some people. Some people really hate it and they think that yeah. you are shaming uh, fat people or you're shaming people who haven't lost weight or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, I don't understand that side of it because I'm not saying anything about anyone else. I'm just saying this is what I've done. Yeah. And like, that's been great for me. It's been life changing. It always goes back to comparison, doesn't it? I think that's the, the evil in this world is comparison. It's like every single person is different. Everyone is made up of different DNA. Everyone is built differently. Everyone is always going to look a different certain way. However, mm. you feel comfortable in your body is, is perfect for you. And yeah. I think... For me, I really don't follow any of, I used to follow a lot of girls on Instagram who had like the perfect body, like for an example, and I don't want to shame her, but Alexis Ren, she, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know who she is. No. So she's like an Instagram model, very, very popular on Instagram, very, very skinny. Um, and what I used to call body girls. And I just, anytime I saw her pick, cause she is one of those girls that she's got a great body. So she's yeah. of course going to show it off because mm. you know, when you feel comfortable in yourself, you do just yeah. tend to 
you know, show yourself more. And I think that's so amazing that she's got that body positivity. But unfortunately for me, when I do see that content that she puts up, it makes me feel a little bit like, oh, I really wish I had a body like that. And then I don't like my own body. So I don't follow her. You know, I do it for my own mental health. I'm like, I know that doesn't make me feel good, but I'm happy with my own body at the moment I am anyway. Like I feel like I've got to a place where I can look in the mirror and go, yeah, that's my body. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, well, it can always look better but I'm not going to look in the mirror and go oh you don't look like her um but I yeah I know what triggers me and so I don't follow it and I think it's so important to look at your own Instagram feed or Facebook feed or you know whatever Mm -hmm. social media you're using and realize Mm -hmm. right so that makes me compare here so I just won't follow it and you know you have to take some responsibility for your own feelings if that makes sense at all I don't know definitely no i've i've had to do that at first if you asked me a year ago i probably wouldn't be able to relate to that because mm. i always found it motivating so like you follow used to follow alexis is it alexis yeah um i i follow lots of like muscly gym guys who i'm like oh my gosh that's such body goals for me like I, they really inspire me and and i still do with some of them those mm. that do inspire me that are more about fitness but the ones that are a bit more showing off of their body i've had to unfollow now because yeah. i'm like what used to motivate me and make me go oh right i'm gonna definitely go to the gym today and work out yeah. now makes me feel rubbish about yeah. my body and i'm like why don't i look like that because uh, i'm working out really hard and i'm yeah. eating really well and i still don't look like that so i've had to now as you say do sort of an instagram cull of any anyone that doesn't make me feel good mm. about myself which sounds really self-absorbed, but I think everyone yeah, has to do that. They do. And it's not, I, I think it's really important as well to say, like, it's not anything against that person. Like, no. we're not saying they should stop what they're doing. Like, if that's mm. what they want to put out there and they feel really good about themselves doing that, then please carry on. But you've yeah. also got to realise if it doesn't make you feel good, you're, you're the one that has to change it, not them. Like, you can't yeah. go around trying to change the way everyone is because Mm. it makes you unhappy it's just important to realize that doesn't make me happy i will stop using that person or watching that tv show or whatever it is in your life you have to you have to be the one that stops it you can't force everyone else to change in front of you because that's one it's not realistic two it's changing someone else's happiness and making someone feel Mm. bad about themselves it's all about I don't know. It's all about taking control yourself. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And likewise, if someone followed me and my posts in some way somehow made them feel bad about themselves, I'd be like, please just unfollow me. Not because I don't want you there, but because like for your sake, I hate the thought of like anything of mine making someone feel bad. But if it does, like, don't don't look at it but yeah i don't think it's an insult to the people that are that are posting that content because clearly lots of people love it but sometimes it gets a bit too much yeah just Mm. gotta take the uh responsibility for your own happiness well exactly social media is a very strange place i know i mean it's great great for so many reasons but it's also really difficult i really struggle when people slag it off i'm definitely more in the camp of like it does a lot more good than bad. Yeah. And even I've seen a Zoella posted about a digital detox that's coming I started coming watching that this morning. Sorry? I started watching the IGTV she put up with uh, Jamie Lang and I'll be honest, I didn't know the other people. Yeah. 
No, I didn't. Well, I think it's a really good idea, but I also, part of me is like, I don't think I need to do that. And I think like, I don't know, I, I definitely think I identify more with the camp that it's a really great thing. And if you need to take time off, and there have been times that I have needed to, then great, I'll do that. But I don't know, I think there are some people out there that demonize it a bit too much. Not Zoella, I think this campaign is great. But it just got me thinking about it. And I'm like, I actually think that I think it does more good than it does bad. But I don't know. It depends as, as how you use it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I, I personally do think there's more good than bad, but I think sometimes the bad can be a lot depending on how your feed looks. Like mm. I do think once you get to a point, like I recently did a detox on that and I came back on and did a, a cull and was like, you know, I've muted some people that I didn't want to see and didn't want to unfollow because maybe one day I want to follow them. Do you know what I mean? So it's people yeah. that I wouldn't remember their name, but I thought at one point mm. I liked seeing your content. They're all influencers yeah. and stuff like that, but I don't necessarily necessarily know who they are as people I just know what their mm -hmm. feed looks like and I've muted them to know that you know maybe one day I'll be in a place where I can view you and not feel bad about my own life yeah. and I, I just think it's important to as soon as you you notice how it makes you feel and you address mm. that and then you can curate your own feed that's when you're yeah. you're going to make Instagram or Facebook or just social media in general a good place again for you definitely and recently I've discovered the not interested button on Instagram on your explore feed so oh. if you go on your explore page and there's a photo on there that you're like i really i want to please stop suggesting good looking boys to me because i don't want my explore page to be full of like yeah. topless guys or mm. so i've been hovering like you hold it down and click not interested and like then i leave up the food posts or the posts of chickens or of dogs and like gradually my explore page has become something that i really enjoy going on rather than just mm. being suggested all of these people that I have no idea who they are yeah my explore page is a very strange place is it? it's it's all it's all homes so like obviously at the moment I'm very into looking at interiors because we're looking at buying yeah. and mm. it's also wedding rings and wedding stuff and I'm like oh Chris sorry about that um definitely have been apparently looking at a lot of wedding rings have you seen the TikTok of like a girl on her boyfriend's phone being like wedding ring, wedding ring, proposal, <laughs> proposal, wedding dress, wedding venue, like all these things. And they got so the ads. That, yeah, it's so good. Oh, that's amazing. I might Maybe set that to Chris. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Clearly, someone's been talking about it around your I phone. Mean, obviously, me, Chris. When yeah. are you going to propose? I do say that a lot. You know, <laughs> classic annoying girlfriend. I'm like, so, Chris, are you going to marry me soon? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question oh, no. for you. How Very did well. you get a hold of your eating then? So for for both of us, clearly, like mm. we dealt with the purging side of things. Was it really difficult for you to get a rein of your eating? Of you, because I tend to view you as being very disciplined with your food. You're like, actually, no, I'm not going to eat that because I don't want it. Yeah, but, I was actually talking to my friends about this the other day. I don't really know what happened, but when I was in London in 2015, I was really depressed in my job, and that's before I went travelling, and that was a really bad time for me with food like I I was trying at that time to find a way to sort it out because I was just going to the shop and I was just binging and I I, you could see it in my face I put so much weight on my face and then I went traveling and I just I think it was the traveling to be honest now I look back on it right now I'm thinking when I went to Australia I my whole thing there was just experience like I just wanted to get really good experiences try loads of different foods and then when I went to America I didn't 
I didn't have any any thoughts behind what I was eating. It wasn't like I can't eat that or I shouldn't eat this. It was very much like if I want to have that, I'm going to have that and I'm going to enjoy it. And then when I got mm. back, I started actually to notice. I think it was towards the end of my first program. I was getting really sick really often. And I was like, something is not agreeing with me and I need to cut it out. So I hadn't had dairy since I was like 18 because of my acne. It had been such a trigger for me and it just never made me feel good. And I was like, I'm going to have a look into like what's going on here. And my friend had recently gone vegan and I tried veganism in 2014 or 15 and I'd got on really well with it. But then I wasn't in it enough. Do you know what I mean? Like I, it, mm. I wasn't, my heart wasn't in veganism back then enough to not break it. So I did often, yeah. you know, be like, oh, well, you know, I'll have that. It's fine. Which I think is a good thing when you're trying it not to be so disciplined and strict in what you're eating, especially yeah. coming from the background I'd had. But yeah, I came back from uh, Disney and I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just try veganism again. So I obviously... I went cold turkey. I probably shouldn't have done it so quick, but I went completely cold turkey and literally two weeks in, I was like, I feel fucking amazing. I was like, I feel great. I feel so high in energy. I feel, I don't know, just everything about me just changed. I was like, I feel really good. And I felt really good about what I was eating. And I started to notice how different foods made me feel. And that's one thing that I think has really helped me is like, I, if someone put in, in front of me a plate of vegan chocolate, if I wasn't in the right mood for it, I wouldn't eat it. Whereas before I would have just been like, well, I'm just going to eat it. I'm just going to eat it yeah. all. Um, mm. Whereas now I'm just like, well, I actually, I don't want it. I don't need it. Yeah. So I'm not going to have it. And my friends were saying the other day, they're like, can't believe that it's so easy for me to do. And I'm like, but it's, it's, it's just, I think it's like intuitive eating. Mm. You know, you, yeah. you eat what your body wants or is craving mm-hmm. and you have yeah. it. Like I will never restrict myself. If I have, have got a sweet tooth, I'll be like, right, okay, I'm going to go and get something sweet. Otherwise mm. I'm going to be the whole day craving it. And then I'll probably end up being like, well, just give me it all. And I think going vegan has done a world of good for me. And now because I do it for animals, there isn't anything in the world that I'd break it for. Exactly. Yeah. And that soon happens because when I was vegetarian a couple of years ago and I'm trying to get back into it now because yeah. I really loved it at that time. I remember chicken is my favorite meat ever. Mm. And I don't really eat red meat anyway. Eat so much chicken, love it. Yeah. But when I was a vegetarian, whenever I would break it and have chicken, mm. it literally tasted like flesh. And I was like, that is disgusting. Like so it wasn't the taste I didn't like, it was the texture. And it's weird. And then as soon as I fell off the wagon after two years and I just became a carnivore again, mainly for the protein for this fitness journey, I now love it again. And now I'm like, hang on, I can definitely get all this protein from plants. So I'm trying to segue back into it. But Mm. it's true, like just as soon as you've got like a goal in your mind and a focus, like for you, for veganism, it's obviously animals and stuff. Um, For me with weight loss, like as soon as I had a goal in mind being like, I don't want to be unhealthy. I don't want to be a slave to this eating disorder. That was a good enough motivation Mm. rather than just going, oh, I just want to look nicer. Like looking good, I don't think is a good enough motivation. It's not for me anyway. So I'm like, oh, I'm okay with the way I look. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Isn't it so weird how food makes you feel though? I know if I have junk food afterwards, I just, my mood changes. Like I just feel really like, Mm. and I feel a bit gross. I don't know what it is. Well, yeah. And what you, what you said about thinking how will this food make me feel? I remember I used to buy a whole pack of cookies from Sainsbury's, the four Mm. cookies in a bag triple chocolate they're the best and <laughs> of an evening i would eat all four yeah and um now that's madness to me because i think that's probably about 1500 calories which is mm. like most of my calories in a day um but i remember i'd wake up the next morning with like heartburn and i'd be having a shower and i would feel 
just horrendous from the amount of sugar that I'd eaten that evening. Yeah. And so what started to change for me was going, yeah, but I want these cookies now, but how will I feel in the morning? And I think that's such an important part. It's yeah. just by saying how will this make me feel, you know, in 12 hours time um, rather than how will I feel, right yeah. now. Mm. I'll see for me, if I have anything that's really high in sugar, because my diet unintentionally is very low sugar. If I have something that's got a lot of refined sugar in, oh my God, I'm so ill, which is that yeah. it's not the best thing in the world. Because if I had, if I went to like someone's birthday and they had vegan cake and I had a slice of vegan cake, mm. I would be like buzzing for about 15 minutes and then I would crash so hard I'd have like a migraine I'd feel sick and I'd be like oh god I feel awful what have I done but it's like yeah. it's such a normal thing but my body really yeah. struggles to to deal um, with sugar and I it's so much so I had a blood test recently because I was like I'm scared I've got diabetes because every time I have mm. sugar I get so unwell and they were like no you're you're fine like everything is absolutely fine with your bloods and also interestingly I wasn't deficient in anything and I was like that's amazing because I expected that's them to go so see good. iron slow b12 Slow. Yeah, it shows that being vegan does not affect those things. It's ridiculous. No. I've seen like vegan bodybuilders that are like, look at how much muscle I have mm. and I don't eat meat because everyone's like, oh, you need to eat this. You need to eat that. And it's like, no, I don't. I've got yeah. enough iron in my body, yeah. enough protein. Yeah. It. yeah I'm it's so strange i feel like weird. food is such a I, I i say this i think in every podcast i talk about the fact that i think us as humans overcomplicate every single aspect of our life and food seems yeah. to be one of those huge ones where it's like animals don't overthink it they're not gonna go um, oh i don't think i should eat this or yeah you know, so exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh no it is true it's something i wish i'd had about the sugar and what i want to try and develop i'm also now trying to focus on skills that i don't have so for me i don't buy like crisps in bulk or like a multi-pack of crisps or yeah. a big multi-pack of chocolate bars or whatever because even though it's more cost efficient i don't have the self-control not yeah. to eat the whole thing so I've been, and before I, I did accept it in myself, I was like, I know I can't do that. And that really worked. Whereas now I'm like, I'd really love to be one of those people that could buy a pack of sweets, eat a few and put them in the cupboard for the next day. So during lockdown, I've been working on that and I've, it's been so hard, but it's mm. actually now got to the stage where I can and I'll buy a pack of Percy pigs from m and and like have a few and then just ferret it away in my cupboard yeah. somewhere. I remember the next day and I'm like, oh, I've got one there. And I'm thanks, like, past job. I'm trying to work on. Huh? Yeah. Like saying thank you to your past self. Like, yeah. cheers for that. You knew <laughs> I'd want some today. <laughs> I don't think you're alone in that though. I personally, I think the only people that have self-control over not eating everything in one go is people like my mum. Like my mum, I remember, I've always remember this. And I've always found it so weird. Like, how do you have that control? Like when I was younger, she used to have a Kit Kat and she'd break off half. She'd have one half, wrap it back up in the foil and put it in the fridge. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> How on earth do you do that? Especially because they're so small. Yeah, but she's satisfied after just having that. Like people who yeah. can have just, like me now, I can have a square of dark chocolate and then mm. put away the rest of it. Some days I'll be like, nah, I just want the whole thing and I'll allow it. I'll be like, you know, if I want to have it, I'm going to have it and I'm not going to feel bad. Yeah. But it's not often that happens because I will have the sugar rush no. anyway. Everyone struggles with that, but that is such a good idea not to buy stuff in mm. bulk because you are then just, you know, it's all about creating a new habit, isn't it? And then that habit yeah. sticks after 60 or whatever oh, days definitely. it is or 21 days. Well, I've got the same thing with Pepsi Max. I'm addicted to it or Diet mm. Coke. I've even got one with me right now. Um, and I used to go through a stage of drinking like two liters a day and it was ridiculous. Whereas now I buy like a small bottle or a small can because then it will stop me from drinking two liters of it. But yeah. even though it's 
expensive and my flatmate will come back if I'm like, oh, can you get me a Pepsi Max? She's like, oh, I got you the whole bottle because it's a lot cheaper than buying like the small one. Oh, and I'm no. like, well, I know that, but it's because I know that I'll drink it otherwise. So I'm, yeah. I'm willing to spend more money just to control myself <laughs> than like go for the cheap bulk buy. Yeah, no, that is important. That's so weird, isn't it? It's so yeah. weird when you think about the habits that you have to form. I know, it is weird. But that's yeah. the part of being an adult that I like where I can mm. look back and go, wow, two years ago, I would not be doing this. Uh, and yeah, it just makes me feel more grown up. Whereas finances and stuff, you know, that's still <laughs> that got a lot to learn. <laughs> <laughs> just gaining a little bit of you know adulthood in in one aspect of the life and then the other yeah. part is just you know one thing at a time yeah it's all about a little bit of growth here and there yeah <laughs> good old adulthood yep you're hearing my voice right now because it's the end of the podcast and I don't know if you feel the same but I honestly I could have listened to Joel speak all day I absolutely loved having this conversation with him today it was so enjoyable I just what a ray of sunshine and just such a an honest open person to talk with yeah that was a really soul cleansing conversation that we had today so I really really hope that you enjoyed listening as always if you are enjoying conversation time I would love it if you gave us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast if there is a rating option but I hope that you are all having a lovely Sunday or whatever day it is that you're listening to this and have a really good positive week ahead of you Take-